episode three of the <coughs> check uh, fact check this podcast. Today, I want to talk about uh, how I got into the current state of, I guess, for lack of a better term, activism that I am in, and uh, I feel like it's. So when I was in college, I've talked about it uh, previously. Uh, in videos I've done and posts I've made. But when I was in college, I was a very hardcore, very active Republican. I uh, actively campaigned for George W. Bush in 2004, went to the Kentucky State uh, Kentucky State Republican Convention. I was, I was all in on it. And the party really uh, disenfranchised me with a lot of the continued just piss poor uh, practices that really didn't accomplish anything and did not promote conservatism the way I thought it should be done. And then the more I learned about uh, Ron with Ron Paul coming out campaigning in 2008, the more I learned about libertarianism, the more I drifted in that direction and became what I would consider a libertarian. And here recently, uh, so for the last several years, I've kind of stayed out of politics. I've always been very politically motivated, but at the same time, I've tried to stay out of it to a large degree. In 2008, I didn't vote because I lived in Arkansas at the time, and it just seemed like a it seemed like a waste of time. I had no interest in voting for a weak candidate like John McCain, who was just a career war hawk anyways. And I, I lived in Arkansas. It was a red state. There was no way that my vote mattered because Arkansas was going to be a red state and the Republicans were going to lose. Uh, Obama was going to win. So I just didn't care. Uh, I didn't vote. And so I remained relatively apolitical for several years. And then in 12, they nominated Romney and Romney was worse than McCain possibly. And again, um, I just didn't like nothing about the Nothing about that campaign or 2012 really made me feel like anything was going to change. So I didn't vote. I didn't care. It didn't matter uh, to me. Uh, and then as 2016's campaign really started to ramp up, I started to do more research into the third parties that were involved at the time. And while I very strongly leaned libertarian in almost always, I really didn't like Gary Johnson, and I really, really, really didn't like Bill Weld. Uh, Weld was a career war hawk. He was no better than any other Republican candidate, and Gary Johnson, Gary Johnson didn't even know who Murray Rothbard was, uh, and Murray Rothbard was the founder of the Libertarian Party. So, like, Johnson and, Johnson Weld was just a from my opinion, it was a weak ticket for the Libertarians. And even though uh, the Johnson Weld ticket got more votes than any Libertarian candidate had ever gotten previously, at the same time, that was more a symptom of a Trump-Hillary election where so many people hated Hillary Clinton and Trump was such a divisive figure. So it didn't really, 
it didn't really do anything, in my opinion, to help the Libertarian Party per se. Uh, I didn't vote Libertarian in 2016. I actually voted for Daryl Castle, who was the Constitution Party candidate, uh, looking at his platform and the things that he stood for and the things that the Constitution Party stood for. I felt that was the candidate and the party that most closely represented the ideals that I had and and wanted to see. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, it was a write-in is a write-in vote. So obviously I knew that my candidate wasn't going to win and I wasn't, I wasn't voting for a winner. I was voting for my principles and my values. And that all kind of changed my view of how I should be looking at my vote. You know, like in, in 08, I didn't vote because it didn't matter. I was in a red state In 12. I didn't vote because I thought both candidates, I didn't like the one, for the Republicans, and I definitely didn't like the one for the Democrats, so it just didn't seem, I didn't see a point in voting for either of them. And I have started to see that voting, voting may not, I might not be voting for a winner. I voted for Joe Jorgensen in this in this election for the president, uh, and I, I know she's not going to win, and I don't care that she's not going to win. And I know that Republicans and Democrats both think that I stole a vote from them. It was my vote. If I, if you had uh, strong armed me into voting for your candidate, that would have been stealing. You would have stolen my vote from me to give it to your candidate. So it, it was never their vote to have to begin with. I didn't waste it. I voted on the political party that I believe most closely aligns with what will do and accomplish the most for this country going forward. And so on that topic, I wanted to talk about kind of what got me to this point. So I had, uh, I'd been listening to a number of different podcasts, mostly just like leadership type stuff. And, uh, Craig Groeschel, John C. Maxwell, uh, a few other like more or less Christian, authors and leaders who do a lot of stuff on leadership and having been in a management position for literally ever since I got out of college, I want to be a better leader and know how to motivate and help people uh, accomplish the things that they want to accomplish while also helping the companies that I work for accomplish the things that they need to, to be successful. Because if the company's successful, the people will be successful. It's a beautiful little trade-off that works there. So I've been listening to a lot of leadership podcasts anyway. And then the the Tulsi Gabbard episode, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Jocko Willick, and on Joe Rogan's show came out. And I heard, uh, I, like I heard snippets of it. And so I went and listened to it. And because I wanted to hear everything that she had to say. And I wanted to hear the whole conversation. Because she had actually, she was the one when paying attention to the Democratic debates she was the one that got my interest. Like she was the one that made me think, okay, I might actually be able to vote for a Democrat and feel good about myself doing it. Like, so I, I wanted to find out more about her. And then from there, I started just listening to like, Rogan's show. I find Joe Rogan to be a little bit annoying uh, at times, but for the most part, I really enjoy 
Joe's show, depending on the guests that he has on. And so I started listening to different episodes, um, different guests that he had on, and it, it led me to a few others, one of those being Michael Malice. I really enjoyed the Michael Malice episode. And so I, Malice has his uh, podcast, You're Welcome. So I went and found that. And then Malice was also doing crossover episodes with Dave Smith. <laughs> and so I started listening to Dave Smith's Part of the Problem because I really enjoyed Malice's crossover episode with Dave Smith. And then the more I got into Part of the Problem, the more I started to learn about uh, Dave, Dave Smith's not just a comedian like he and I, I didn't know who Dave Smith was prior to hearing the, the Michael Malice episode. But so Dave Smith is not just a comedian, but he's also very political and he's very well researched in his political takes on stuff. And so I really enjoyed listening to part of the problem and hearing about uh, libertarian, the Libertarian Party and his view on stuff and just a lot of the stuff that's in the news and a, a lot of stuff that's not in the news that are very pertinent to everything that's going on in the world right now between the elections, COVID, uh, the economy, all of it, which then led me to uh, the Peddling Fiction podcast, which I'm very actively engaged in right now. And then also uh, the Lions of Liberty, uh, Death to Tyrants. Like There are so many great podcasts out there. And that's why I say I'm doing this for my own amusement, not for listenership, because if you actually want to listen to people who know what they're talking about and do a really, really good job, there are a ton of them out there. And I would point you in their direction immediately before I'd ever suggest you listen to anything I have to say. I'm just a dude sitting in his basement rambling in front of the computer. Uh, they are they are excellent and their content is all excellent. But I say all of that to kind of get to uh, the short of it or the, the long of it, the long and the short of it. Anyway, uh, so all of that stuff got me more engaged in what's going on within the Libertarian Party and the different factions of the Libertarian Party and how all of that works. And that brought me around to the Libertarian Party's Mises Caucus. And the Mises Caucus is... Uh, it's the Ron Paul revolution. Like a lot of libertarians were brought to libertarianism by Ron Paul from his campaigns in 2008 and 2012. And he ran for uh, president as a, as a Republican, but everything that he said was libertarian parties and libertarian values. And it, it really brought people around to hear those things and hear the, the blatant failures of government that, uh, even even the most right or left wing medias do a really good job of covering up and not really bring to the forefront. Uh, as for as much as the media and the freedom of the press was supposed to be about people being able to call the government out for its failures and it's just blatant bullshit in the way that it screws people over, the media has very much become a propaganda machine for the government, not a not a lens into the indiscretions of the government. So so getting to listen to Ron Paul and hear a lot of the things he said and 
kind of get your eyes opened up to the things that are really going on and get that, you know, that red pill experience. That brought a lot of people to libertarianism. And the problem that the Libertarian Party has had since, you know, since that time, or well, the problem that the Libertarian Party has always had is there's there's always bickering and infighting because it is a very vast and uh, unique group. There's a lot of there's a lot of very left and right leaning individuals who identify as libertarian because they have been so disenfranchised from the Democratic and the Republican parties. So what you get is sort of poor messaging at times and a somewhat flaccid party. Uh, just in the last, I think it's 20 years or so, the Libertarian Party has seen its uh, dues-paying membership almost cut in half. Actually, I think it's more, actually a little bit more than cut in half. And it's because the party has trouble getting out a consistent message that of liberty and freedom and the things that Murray Rothbard founded the party on and the things that Ron Paul really espoused. And so what I really, the, the big point of this recording uh, today is I really wanted to talk about Murray Rothbard and I really wanted to talk about the Mises Caucus because those are the things that I am getting engaged in more and more. And the more engaged and involved I get in it, the more I want everybody to learn about it and see what's going on because I really sincerely believe that if you call yourself a libertarian or if you're just fed up with the Democrats or the Republicans, if you knew what was going on within the Mises caucus and what it stands for and what it means, you would be totally on board with it. And you would say, yes, this is what I want to see happen for our country. Like this is the direction I want to see that go. So Murray Rothbard, if you just go to Wikipedia and look him up, um, it gives a, a brief explanation of who he is and what he was, but he was the founder and the leading theoretical or uh, theoretician of anarcho-capitalism and a staunch advocate of historical revisionism and the central figure of the libertarian movement. He wrote over 20 books on political theory, revisionist, revisionist history, economics, and other subjects. And if you have a chance, read uh, Anatomy of the State. It is an excellent excellent introduction to Murray Rothbard and libertarianism. Uh, I'm going to talk about several different books. You should definitely be reading or listening to audiobooks of this stuff. And uh, the Mises Institute has a lot of these resources for free or reasonably priced that you can buy them. Um, I, you should really be looking into this stuff and researching more about it if you have any interest, because there's a lot, a lot of information out there. And it's once you start to read it and to look at it and to understand it, there is no going back. Like there is absolutely no going back to the right or the left from from here if you just give it a chance. Uh, so one of the things a, a central focus of. Of libertarianism and is that uh, taxation is theft. And so a thing that uh, the Rothbard argued was that all services provided uh, by the monopoly system of the corporate state 
could be provided more efficiently by the private sector. He also wrote that the state is an organized is an organization of robbery, systematized, and writ large. Uh, he wanted to end the Federal Reserve and centralized banking. He wanted to get the government out of all economic interventionism. Uh, he proposed that we should end the incessant foreign foreign wars that do nothing to uh, that don't actually do anything to promote or build our country. Like what what are we accomplishing by bombing Middle East countries into sand when they're already sand? <laughs> you know, a lot of and a, and a big a big tenet of the Libertarian Party is the non-aggression principle. And the reason that taxation, so the non-aggression principle, I think I've explained before, but the non-aggression principle is like, you do you, I do me. As long as what I'm doing is not an aggression towards you or what you're doing is not an aggression towards me, we can all get along and it can all be peaceful. The reason that taxation is theft is because it is a direct violation of the non-aggression principle. And I'll put a, there's a really, really excellent video that the, the Mises Caucus uh, put together that's the the monopoly of war uh, or the monopoly on violence. And uh, it it goes into all of the different ways that the, the state and government has legalized violence as long as they're the ones doing it. And taxation is theft because... It's not voluntary. Like you are not paying your taxes. If you were given the option to give the government 20 to 30% of your income or not, obviously you would not because the government doesn't do anything efficiently. So the reason that taxation is theft is because you are not given that option. You either give the government 20 to 30% of your income at least, or they put your ass in jail. That is a direct violation of the non-aggression principle. They are aggressing against us to take our hard-earned income. That is the direct violation. So a lot of the other things with the, like the Libertarian Party, it's it's very personal freedom related. It's very uh, self-ownership, personal property. Uh, we support the rights of the smallest minority and the individual. No individual group or government may rightly initiate force against any other individual group or government. Individuals own their body and have the rights over them that other individuals, groups, and governments may not violate. You have the right to privacy. You have the right to do what you want to do as long as you are not violating the non-aggression principle. And so the big thing, like I, I really... The biggest thing that I really wanted to talk about was the Mises Caucus and what that movement entails. So I'm currently listening to Ludwig von Mises's uh, Human Action on Audible. Uh, I've got the audiobook, and it is insanely long. There is so much to it, but uh, the Mises Caucus is based around the ideas of human action, like. We have to decide to do something. We and it, everything in the economy is driven by that decision. And if you're not doing anything, then you're kind of 
you're you're kind of wasting space uh, to an extent. And really, there's not a, a lot of way to get around not taking action. The party is very involved in wanting to get into local government and try to change things on the ground level where it matters the most. Because everything that the federal government does and everything that the state government does, like, they could be great things and they could be, in theory, they could be great things. And they could have huge overarching uh, impacts on all of our lives. But at the end of the day, the things that matter the most are the things that are happening right here at home. If the whole system completely collapses, what's going on in your neighborhood, in your local community, is going to be what actually has an impact on your life going forward. And so we want to get involved in our local communities. We want to take action and we want to find ways to get rid of unjust and ridiculous laws that stop people from doing the things that would help them be beneficial and self-sufficient and and be able to make a living outside of what the government says. We want people to stand up for themselves and for each other and for their freedoms and their rights, even if that means standing up against the government. We we really we want to get out and get active in local communities. And as we get active in local communities and we start to build these communities up around the ideas and the principles of doing your thing and helping each other and being in community together, because so the it's a reason why I do sympathize with and like some of the ideas that the Democratic Party has at times held. Because helping each other and being in community is an excellent thing, but the way they propose doing it by government force is not at all. Like that, that is a direct violation of our rights as individuals. If the government has to tell us to do it, then it's a violation of our rights. We should be entitled to the ability to say it and do it on our own without being coerced. So, so that's the big concept of the Libertarian Party is like, yes, a lot of the social, socially liberal ideas are good ideas as long as they're not implemented and forced on us by the state. At the same time, a lot of the conservative, uh, like economic ideas, even although at this point, conservative economics has greatly strayed away from actual economic conservatism. Uh, like a lot of the ideas of it initially were, were good. Uh, it's why I've said the government has become like the, the Democrats and the Republicans are effectively the same thing. Just the, the Republicans are uh, Democrats light because the actual policy that they go for these days is not very conservative anymore. But from that standpoint, like a laissez-faire free market trade and 
true capitalism, not the cronyism that we have right now, like remove government interference from that and have true free markets, that would solve a lot of the economic issues that we have. That would that would take great steps towards solving the uh, wage gap and poverty and like everything economic. People don't understand that the the economic problems that we have in this country are not a problem of capitalism. It's a problem of government overreach and interference into what should be capitalism and is instead a corporate cronyism where the government and the corporations are uh, running hand in hand to fuck us all while making themselves more rich and powerful. And so that these are the basic tenets of libertarianism is it should be your decision. It should not the government should not be involved in any of those decisions. So what I really want to kind of encourage everybody to do is look at the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, and I'll add a link to to that uh, with this. Like, check in on that. See if it's something that you're interested in. And if it's something you're interested in, get involved because the organization is moving and growing quickly and could very well shape the the direction of the Libertarian Party, which could in turn very well shape the direction of this country in the next four to eight years, because people are starting to wake up and get red-pilled and realize that Democrats and Republicans do not have your interest in heart, and you need somebody that does, and that is the Libertarian Party at this point. They want you to have your personal rights and freedoms without government interference. So check out the Mises Caucus Read some books. Uh, like I said, Murray Rothbard, check out Anatomy of the State. Look at Hans Hermann Hoppe's uh, Democracy, the God that Failed. Let's see. Ah, and here's an ex- another one by Hoppe um, A Theory of Socialism and Capitalism. If you're on the fence about socialism, go read that. Uh, or if you're also on the fence about capitalism, go read that. Like, check that out. That's some excellent, excellent reads. Uh, there's also, like I said, I was I'm doing the audiobook of Human Action by Ludwig von Mises. Uh, Murray Rothbard's Man, Economy, and State is another excellent one. Uh, go to uh, the Mises Institute. Look up their website, uh, Mises.org. They've got a bookstore. You can find all kinds of resources that will help educate you and inform your your decisions on stuff moving forward. Uh, another thing that I say way too often, but it's very true, in the information age, being uninformed should be the highest crime. Everything that you need is at your fingertips. All you got to do is go out and get it. Life is right out there. Let's go grab it by the horns and go for a ride. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If anybody has any questions, I'll post links uh, in this video and in the description on the uh, on the podcast itself. Let me know what you want to know about, and let's talk about it. And let me know how you can get in or how you want to get involved. And let's get you involved in promoting liberty for everybody. Because that's what we're looking to do. Everybody have a good day. And I will see y'all next time.